You are listening to the Pro Ecclesia podcast from the Truett Church Network. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Well, welcome uh, today to Truett Church Network's Pro Ecclesia podcast. Uh, this is Matt Homeyer with you today. We have a, a special guest I'm excited about. We are doing a series this summer where we introduce to our alumni and friends uh, our new hires this year, some of the new faculty members that have been called to serve at Truett, that we are very excited about getting to know them and work alongside them and wanted you, our alumni and friends, to get to know a little bit about them as well. So today with us is Dr. Daniel Hill, who has been called and hired to be the assistant professor and assistant professor of Christian Theology at Truett Seminary. Daniel, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, yeah, well, we'll get into your, you know, who you are a little bit. We just let me say how excited we are to have you at Truett and to have you joining us uh, here in just a few short weeks. August 1 will be here before we know it. And um, if I know Truett, I'm betting the emails and calls will start well before August 1st. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> if indeed. they haven't already. Um, well, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, what what would what do you think folks need to know uh, to know Daniel Hill? Yeah, uh, to know Daniel Hill. Someone asked me a couple months ago. They're like, "What makes you tick?" And I was like, "Oh, that's a that's an interesting question. What are the things?" I would say, "I love music. I love the Lord. I watch chess. Okay, and I like to laugh." All right. Um, those would be kind of some superficial. We can get into the weeds on a lot of that. Uh, who watches chess, though? So well, like, I, mean, I had several follow-up questions. <laughs> First off, you very intentionally put music before the love of the Lord. That was interesting. I don't know if yeah. that's in an interview. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I could, because we'll be singing praises to the Lord, you know. Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm sure that's what I was thinking. So listening to music, playing music, uh, what, what, all of the above. Yeah, maybe the, the, if I were to retrospectively try to repair my answer, I would say in order of operations, okay. historically, I was a musician before I was a Christian. Okay. Uh, okay. So I used to write and perform music. Yeah. Um, I play the guitar very, I mean, every Christian plays guitar at this point, <laughs> uh, but I play it. I have a guitar that I strum. I don't know if anyone, my wife included, would call it playing. Uh, even the most generous soul might not, might not consider it playing. Uh, but yeah, I, I love music. I love all different kinds of music from punk rock to rap to blues to classical. Um, even most of the t- sometimes jazz, uh, yeah, yeah. just a, a whole kind of wide breadth of music uh, that I that I love. And um, the capacity of music to make you f- uh, introspective, to make you feel yeah. uh, the way the, the songwriters and poets can put words yeah. uh, that kind of capture your your emotions, I think is is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, I would like, go ahead. Sorry. You you watch chess. I watch chess. Yes. You play as well or just watch. I play chess worse, uh, less impressively than I play the guitar. Okay. Um, but I do play quite a bit of it. Um, I, I like the, I like being able to see how, um, someone thinks in the way that they play chess. So do they, are they a risk taker? Are they creative? Um, a lot of chess is, is memorization and analysis. And yeah. if you don't, if you're not a professional chess player, you're not memorizing openings, uh, but watching 
the top 10 chess players play and try and find ways to be creative against one another. And then all coming up short against the best chess player is just fascinating yeah. to me. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good insight into who you are. I look forward yeah. to getting to know, to know more about that. So you are married. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Married. We were, we were COVID wed. Oh, really? Um, wow. 2020 is the year we got married. Oh my yeah. goodness. I bet that was fun. Yeah, actually, it it was so low maintenance to plan a wedding when everything is closed. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that uh, does simplify some decisions once that's made for you, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. Well, good. Well, you made it through your first couple years in COVID, married. So that's a, a an accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah, we're thinking of writing a book because we got it all figured out now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's really a bit funny. Um uh, well, well, tell us a little bit about kind of, I mean, so in my pastoral world, I would say your sense of calling, but, um, you know, what do you feel like God has called you to do in the world and, and how have you pursued that in your life? Yeah, I think my view of calling, or if I were to try and sum it up, it would be that I want to pass on the history, the, the, the history of the faith, the thoughts of the faith. Um, the, the great tradition in a sense so that the next generation can continue it. Not that they'll just kind of repristinate it or, yeah. you know, um, reduplicate it in some way, but to say, this is yours. This is your inheritance. Now yeah. take this baton and go forward. Um, yeah. I was talking to some of my students. I look really, I look younger than I am, but I'm, I would say, I guess I'm compared to Augustine. I'm young. Um, <laughs> and I would, but it's like, I'm not the future of the church, <laughs> you know, yeah. this, the, the students we have at Truett are the future yeah. of the church and the, and the students they have and the people they minister to are the future of the church. So take this and uh, be faithful to the calling of the gospel. Go for it. That's fantastic. So um, in your life, if you don't mind sharing, like how, yeah. how does one discover that calling? How did they, how did you kind of stumble into that, I guess, and then come to follow that? Yeah. Stumble is a great word. Um, I don't know. I would give a, one of those viewer discretion warnings to say, please, no one else, uh, following my footsteps. I was working at a church and while I was working, I'd uh, gone to seminary in order to, uh, be missionary was my hope. Um, I very graciously been told by some missionaries, uh, missionary friends. I didn't know anything. So if I wanted to be a missionary, I needed, you can't, you know, yeah. give all your theology from Christian rap music. You need to go to <laughs> seminary and faithful all the, are the wounds of a friend. So I mean, some of it, but just not all of it, right? <laughs> right not all of it. You can't say, well, you know, Lecrae said, therefore, that's not how this is going to work, especially not overseas. Yeah. Um, so I, I went to seminary. Um, and while I was in seminary, I was working for a church and thought about church planning. And it was, it was, a, it was a difficult journey. Um, I, I love that church. I'm very thankful for it, but it was hard to, um, it, it was hard. It was really hard and had some, uh, personal difficulty while I was there during that time with, with my own life and my father's health. Mm. And at, at a certain point, about halfway through, I was like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't think, and the person I was going to church plant with moved to New York city and there was no world in which I was moving to New York city. Yeah. Um, uh, just the cost of living, the yeah. fact that it's New York City. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and it didn't seem very like economically viable to plant a church in yeah. Brooklyn uh, as someone who's never lived there. 
Um, and so I was thinking, okay, I don't know what to do now. I'm not going to keep working at this church. I don't, I'm not going to plant churches. I don't know why world missions had, uh, kind of fallen in the, in the power rankings. Sorry, this is a long answer. No, it's great. And, uh, a a mentor of mine said, well, if you go overseas at some point, they're going to want accreditation for that seminary and they're going to look around and they'll say, this person's a PhD. This person's a demon. You have a master's. We love you, but you got to go. Yeah. Um, and so he said, go get, go study. And I thought, okay, if I go get a PhD, at least give me five years to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And I had some other professors that, uh, remind that in, I was a world missions emphasis or intercultural studies or whatever the, the, the phrase is now. And, uh, one of my professors said, you know, the, we can't, if, if I go to Madagascar, if I go to Indonesia, every Christian there can plant churches better than I can plant churches, mm. can preach the gospel better than I can preach the gospel, can share the gospel better. Than, but what I can do is say, hey, here's the history of the faith. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, okay, that's something I can get behind. Um, I'd written my master's thesis on African initiated churches in South yeah. Africa. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't terribly interested in just kind of reproducing American norms in yeah. uh, South Africa. I didn't think that would be terribly helpful in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'd be terribly helpful, but also I don't think it'd be a faithful uh, kind of interpretation of the gospel, yeah. or explication yeah. of the gospel. And so I was looking around at seminaries and uh, ended up at Wheaton College or, or looking around at PhD programs and ended up at yeah. Wheaton College where I studied with Mark Cortez. Okay. And, and even while I was there, I thought for a second, you know, I'm going to work with classic, do, you know, urban education and urban revitalization, something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, but that kind of Calling it, as you, as you said, was kind of hammering away that you want to talk to people about God. Like, I mean, yeah. you want to be able to talk to people about God. And that yeah. is what I want to be able to do. Man, that's awesome. What a great story. I mean, we have students come in their first semester, you know, second semester, just very lightly say things like, ah, oh, you know, I don't I, I may want to pick up a PhD and, you know, or I, I feel a calling to teach. And some do have a feel of calling to teach, but I really do, and listening to our professors and listening to other professor friends talk, um, those that seem best at this find their vocation of teaching through a call to the church in some way, you know, or, or to missions or a grander kingdom vision than just teaching itself. And you realize, oh, this is my part of serving the church mm. is by equipping these people in this way. And so that, that's just a wonderful story. Um, and yeah, I, I can... I can hear your heart in that, which is always a, always a good thing, you know, to hear the heart of someone when they talk about calling. So, okay, so you've mentioned um, your master's and a little bit of your PhD work. So kind of where have you, again, my pastoral question, where have you followed that calling? How have you followed that? Which is to say, kind of where have you served? What have you done? Yeah, so I worked for four years at a church in Houston. Uh, I was a young adult ministry director. Um, and preached weekly, let trained small group leaders, led a small group, did outreach events, all that. It was a great experience. Um, worked as a college ministry something. I don't know what the actual ter- term was at a church in Wheaton while I was at my, in my PhD program and led small groups for college students and uh, at Wheaton College and got to talk yeah. to them about realize how old I was, you know, at when I, I think I was still in my twenties at the time Yeah. and all your references to things are just completely going over their heads. Uh, 
But yeah, it was again, it was a great opportunity to study theology in the context of serving a local church. Yeah, uh, I worked as an administrator at a classical school that I helped start in Chicago called the Field School. Oh, wow. I, worked, I was there for a year and a half. Um, and then I've done other stuff like I taught yeah. in when I was in Houston, I taught in a middle school, middle school for two years and yeah. Yeah, have done mission trips here and there. Man, so diversify. And a lot of that was while you were working on your PhD. Is that is that? Yeah. Um, yeah. OK. So, so while I was of- I was working at the church in Houston while I did my master's and then working in okay. on the school and at college church in uh, Illinois while I was doing my PhD. OK, fantastic. Well, I was kind of putting I was like, there's no way you're, you've done that many years. Yeah. But, OK, that, well, that's great. I mean, I really do feel uh, not every educational institution allows this or provides opportunity, but to get theological education while you're enmeshed in ministry mm-hmm. is when they seem to work really, really well. It's just yeah. kind of a catalytic combination uh, to rub some of the rough edges off the other and compliment um, is a really wonderful way to do it and to help you know explore what you want to do. Um, so what are some of your um, kind of teaching research focuses, writing focuses now that you're in the guild? Yeah, so I do a lot of writing on what we refer to as theological anthropology so who what is the human being in light of divine revelation or in light of uh, in the light of god yeah and what god has done in christ and then i also do work in ecclesiology okay. uh, and the connection between the two which isn't always uh i guess obvious is who are what is the human being what is the human creature and then how are we formed by how does it how do we relate to the context in which we inhabit so sometimes that will be the, ch- the church, sometimes it's, you know, social structures or instit- yeah, other institutions. Yeah. Uh, so how does that uh, connection flesh itself out? Um, so I've written a book on the doctrine of the church and anthropology and how it informs that. And then I've also done some, I'm, I'm currently writing a book on the church's kind of public face. So okay. a, a theology of public life. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you will be teaching in the TNT three realm at truly yeah. what, what are some of what you'll teach here for us? Yeah. So I am slated in the fall. I'll be teaching text and traditions three. Okay. Uh, so 1700s onward looking yeah. at modern theology and post Schleiermacher and post Schleiermacher and all yeah. the other figures that pop up. And then I'm also teaching a section of the constructive theology class. Oh, great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where we put it all back together. That's yeah. right. No, I love, I mean, yeah, I'm so grateful. We have that class to help. Yeah tie down some of the loose ends that don't try to tie some of those down before you leave as much as possible. Maybe not right. forever, but at least know what you think now. Right, right. <laughs> you know, exactly. Which is a wonderful thing. Do you have any, uh, uh, I visited with Dr. Hopkins a couple weeks ago and he already, okay. he was thinking about like, he, here are some of the, uh, if I could teach my dream class or if I, I could design a new class for Truett, Here's what I would design. Do you have any of those ideas in your mind? This is an unfair question. I didn't prep you on this, but yeah, no, yeah, you're fine. If, if the dean gave me a blank syllabus to fill out, here's what I'd love to do. It would get me really excited. Anything like that? Yeah, I would love to teach a class on theological anthropology. So how have different people thought about issues of, of race, gender, you know, personhood and vocation there's yeah. so many things you can yeah tie into that um marriage singleness uh and really important questions that get raised and and can be and disability disease uh, yeah. death all that stuff is covered in i i could be a little morbid uh with my interest so someone asked me a couple of weeks ago they're like what are you interested in it's like well I, I think of death 
disease and dying are like the three things on my mind right now. And they're like, you need a counselor. <laughs> no, that just means you, you are pastoring a little bit, you know, yeah. uh, you, you'll always be in business there. <laughs> right. Like, they tend to come up. I mean, I, I teach life and work of the pastor kind of nuts mm. and bolts of pastoring. And uh, the more I teach it, the more I move up in the syllabus, funerals, death and dying, yeah. because you realize that's just so much of the rest of the pastor's heart and pastor's life and church flows from uh, how we how we bury our people, you know, and mm. and both mourn and celebrate. Um, and I really have uh, in visiting with churches about church health and different things. I, I've, one of my newer questions I'm asking is. How do you bury your people? Like when you're mm. when you're someone dies, how does the church work? And you know, you see some that just show anyway. I could so I am also interested in death and dying yeah. and how we deal with that and incorporate that into our living um, as part of as people of God. I just think it's incredibly important. And there's there's fodder there, you know, for discipleship yeah. and life, um, oddly and through death, but that's also you know, kind of the gospel story, right. Um, and it's almost there's nothing more certain as a pastor than that you more certain than that you'll be performing a marriage or a baptism is that members of your congregation will will die. Yeah. And you need to have something to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> about right, exactly. Before, during, and after. Um, well, yeah, we'll just go ahead and write up that class. That sounds fantastic. I'll likely audit it. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I just kidding. I have no power to say that. And so uh, <laughs> that does sound I do think that's some of the most fun. Um, what forms a really great culture of a seminary, you got to teach your basics. You got to kind of mm -hmm. knock those things out of the park. But when, when, when great professors have a little bit of, of slack to design those fun dream courses that end up being what you look back on post-seminary and say, man, that formed me in so many ways. Um, your TNTs and scriptures do as well, but it's kind of your foundation stuff. But anyway, yeah. that's exciting. Um, so maybe we get into this a little bit already, but what are you, what are you excited about at Truett? What kind of led you to apply to Truett and what are you excited about in Waco and Truett? Yeah, the, the, I have a couple friends who are graduating, recently graduated or uh, in the process of finishing up their PhDs. And so while I was teaching here in Dallas, I was always on job boards, sending them jobs to apply for yeah. Uh, it's a great way to procrastinate and you know you get to at least pretend that you're being productive and so the Truett a couple job applications popped up for Truett that I sent to some friends and one of my friends was said hey you should apply as well and I know some Truett grad or some Truett grads Baylor and Truett grads so yeah. uh, Keith Johnson at Wheaton yeah. um Wheaton has another professor whose last name is escaping me. Her first name is Emily. Um, Emily, um, Emily and I were in school together. Um, I'm blanking. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. I'm sorry, Emily, if she's listening. Uh, but I kn I've known them in passing, not very, very well, but uh, they have very visible, a very visible love for the church and for their yeah. students. And I've even, uh, I don't know if Keith knows this, I've taken some of his pedagogical devices, even though I've never taken a class with him, yeah. uh, from friends of mine that I know that he had. And so the, the, the imprint of, of Truett on some of the people that I know has been very, yeah. very profound. Um, and so I applied thinking that this would just be a, you know, a, a lesson in intellectual humility. You know, you add it to the rejection <laughs> folder. Because um, I knew everyone is looking for a job and everyone's applying to 
uh, working at, at, at Truiden at Baylor. Um, and in the interview process, I was just disarmed isn't even strong enough, but like the love of the faculty for one another is, is very, I can't even think of the word. It's something like, it's something stronger than disarming. So even in my, since I've been hired, the number of people have called me or reached out to me, um, just evidence is that the, oh, these people actually really care about each other and yeah. are really invested in one another's lives I'm and care about that. that kind of thing. Sorry. I'm, no, I'm just so pleased to hear that, that that came off as, you know, the, those are those cultural things that, um, you know, you can't plan it, right? And, but it, when you're on the inside, you don't always know how it's perceived from the outside. So that's right. really encouraging to hear. Yeah. At one point, I was talking to Dr. Stephen Reed yeah. and he was saying, oh, I'm hoping your transition goes well. You know, if you're ever in town, uh, you know, let us know so we can, we'd love to grab a meal with you. And I thought it was just the, you know, courtesy, let's grab a meal. Um, and I was like, oh, I appreciate that. You know, he's like, well, you, you, you know, you have to eat, you have to eat. So just let us know. And, we, and it, it was just, it, again, it's just so caught me off guard that like, oh, this is a, yeah. a community that knows and cares for one another. A, another thing that stood out to me in the interview process was that we just began our interview in prayer. Um, yeah. and I, I've interviewed at a lot of places, um, in my history. And I think I can count on maybe one hand and have four mm-hmm. fingers left over the number <laughs> of places that have started, maybe more than that, but I'd, yeah. I'd have some fingers left over for the yeah. number of interviews that began in prayer. Um, and then lastly, I am a Baptist, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Baptist from the North. I'm not from, uh, Texas. So, yeah. uh, sometimes when you say you're a Baptist in Dallas, that can be interpreted differently, yeah. but like um, more general Baptist yeah. and being able to serve in an institution that is in, that is committed to seeking the renewal and and serving the, the that segment of the the church while also having an eye to the um, rest of the kind of an ecumenical yeah. eye is, is something that matters to me quite a bit well that's fantastic man I'm always again always love hearing the answers to that question and uh um yeah, and it's Emily McGowan. I did think Emily McGowan. Yes, Emily McGowan. I say we were in seminary together, and her husband. I know them. I just one of those mental blocks. Um, and it is funny, you know, just how how God draws people to together. And sometimes when you're looking for someone else, uh, you know, you look for yourself, and then sometimes you're looking for someone else, and that's the time that works. You just yeah never know uh, how the spirit leads and when it leads. Um, well, we're just so excited about having you at Truett and glad that God led you to this place and that it has all worked out and look forward to uh, some lunches and coffees and more conversation once you get your feet under you in Waco. Um, may I just pray for you as we yes, finish our conversation today? Yes, please. Thank you again for your time. We really do appreciate it. God, we do thank you for uh for Dr. Hill and for his family and for um, leading them to Truett, we pray for their transition uh, to Waco as they settle in, as they settle into their life and begin new life in Truett, that it would be blessing, that they would be surrounded by um, people that love them, that make uh, Waco home for them and help speed up that process, um, that he finds, uh, feels at home at Truett to be who he is, to be who you've created him and shaped him to be, and that he both um, can feel a part of the Truett culture, even as he adds appreciably to who we are uh, because of who he is, Um, and that um, it is a blessed beginning 
uh, to a long and fruitful teaching ministry here at Truett. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.